All right, I'm back at it. Are in. Episode two, official of uh, Fresh Brother Nick and John. I'm I'm Nick. I am John. I've uh, been a bit of a hiatus since our last episode. Been uh, dwelling yeah. on our lives and in my headset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today we're having on a good buddy of ours, boy Tala. And once I'm done finishing this rice cake, we'll get him in here. We'll just jump right into it. <laughs> so what's good? Wait, wait, what you eating over there? Uh, some chicken and <laughs> like, uh, some chicken and some rice, bro. Everything I cook oh, nice. is fucking. Uh, hold up, I should probably move the camera. Um, my fucking instant pot back there, bro. Hey. Everything I make. Just so you know, mm-hmm. we do put this up on YouTube. So if there's any addresses on those boxes, you're done. Dunzo, bro. Dude, if somebody can zoom in on those boxes, that's like, I'll be impressed. I'll be Chal- very, very impressed. <laughs> that's a challenge to my 28, my 28 <laughs> subscribers. Dude, you got 28 subscribers. Like, 29. you didn't even, uh, you just put the video up and that's it. We got a, sm- we got a small a fan base, but we have the world's strongest fan base. Oh, yeah. We've already They'll lifted three mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we got one, uh, Indian dude now. If Joe Rogan can sip cool, whiskey cool. and do drugs on his podcast, I can eat a rice cake in mine, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. So a rice just... cake is um the least. I mean, why why couldn't you eat a rice cake? Because mm-hmm. the crunching is annoying as hell, oh, <laughs> and I'm God. sure I'm sure it's gonna come out real loud on the other end. Um. Mm-hmm. Right, so, dude. all right. So I got back. I got home like oh, yeah, thirty. Tell us about your uh, dude. Swimming with sharks, man. Sharks. So let me let me just preface this story with: uh, I once had a dream of saving up enough money to buying like a moderate, small to moderate sized sailboat, and like taking a year and sailing the Caribbean. Like it's like like a pipe dream of mine. I always want to do down the road. Um, <laughs> I used to read some blog. There's a couple that used to do that. Anyway, we get on the boat today. Super cool, little choppy, little rainy, no big deal. It was like a small sailboat. Uh, this boat, yeah, yeah, medium size, um, kind of like a fishing boat, decked out for tourists though, because they had like seats on it and crap. <clears throat> so we get mm-hmm. on the boat, it's wild. We t- they take you out three miles off the north shore. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm like here, I'm like all the way up here. Um, that's deep. Yeah, no, it was crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we get up there. And uh, we went at the 7.30 tour because the guy was like, 7.30 tour is the first one of the day and it's going to be like the calmest water. I don't, for some reason, water's calmer in the morning. Mm-hmm. We get out there. There's just this cage. Like they don't bring the cage with you. I don't really know why I thought like maybe you'd be attached to the boat or some shit. Which it's, just out in the, it's just out <laughs> in the water. It's like. They probably put it out there with a bigger <laughs> boat. Well, Yeah. Someone put it there, <laughs> but like it just stays there. And uh, so they like roll up, they attach a whole bunch of ropes, they tie themselves to it, and they anchor. But like the wind and the rain were kind of picking up, so the boat was like boom, boom, boom. So it was the four of us, this other family, a couple the of four, kids. like all your roommates. Uh, no, it was it was me, Jackie, Heather, and Greg. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. Jess is uh, other somewhere else. Um, <laughs> so. I'm out there and the boat's rocking and we're going second. The family got to go first. We're rocking, rocking. And I'm like, oh man, I'm getting like tipsy. I don't got my sea legs on. You guys made the family go first, man. 
Well, no. This is what the guy says to us. He goes, listen, we were going to have you four go first, but because the seas are choppy now, they only get worse throughout the day. We're going to mm-hmm. have the little kids go now so that when it picks up, you guys are in the water and not the kids. And we're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're expendable, okay. whatever. Send us out there. So I get out there. Or I'm, I'm, I'm on the boat. And I can barely even open my eyes. It's so rocky. I'm just like, oh, my God. It's terrible. So, but the, the, the sharks are everywhere. So apparently, wild, man. apparently where they bring you out to look at the sharks, it's like a popular uh, crab fishing spot. Mm. So they, the sharks, I guess like when you, when you fish for crab, there's like certain ones you can't keep legally. You have to like throw them overboard, like women or like certain size crabs. Or yeah. Yeah. So the sharks figured out when they hear the boats pull up that fishermen are going to be raining food down on them, like just throwing crab overboard. So when our That's boat, pull, yeah, exactly. So when our boat pulls up, uh, of course, you know, they hear the engine, they're like, oh, food. And they just swarm the boat. Ooh. Wild. That is insane. Wild. Actually, I show you the so, type of shark. Go ahead. So I'm did you guy. guys go one at a time or all? Um, the four, four of you? us. The four of us. These are the sharks. Wow. Galapagos sharks. Bro, yeah. that's insane. He called them like the Galapagos sharks. But I was reading about them just a little while ago. And apparently they're, they're, they're global. Oh, yeah. I love Hawaii. There it is. Dude. Oh. Spooky. That's scary, man. Spooky. So, um. Did you like record it or anything like that, or is no? It, um... so I went. I I don't got an underwater camera, and I don't trust bringing our phones in there, even though they're technically uh, waterproof. I don't, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. But so we get in the cage, and it's so rocky. Like the waves are just throwing the cage around. So like there's sharks just like swimming at the cage. So it'd be like, you know, like just juking you out, and yeah. like they'll be swimming at you, but the cage is getting thrown by the waves, and there's sharks. There's under you, they're next to you, they're behind you. Horrifying. I'm getting thrown around. Mm-hmm. I'm nauseous as hell because I'm already seasick. My God. It was so, and then I got out and I threw up all over the boat. Oh, really? Yeah, it was me yeah. and, me and the, the family. Uh, it was me. I got out before, like, Jackie, Greg, and Heather. Um, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I got out. <laughs> you just I'm, left your girlfriend in there? <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be fine. There's a cage. So I get out. I'm throwing up on the front of the boat with the dad from the other family. <laughs> he's, like, hanging over the edge. When I get there, I'm like, hey, it's going to get pretty messy, bro. And he's like, I'm doing the same thing. And we're just throwing <laughs> over the edge of this boat. Yeah, it's so bad. So, so the cages are like have big gaps in it, right? Like you could stick like your body out of it if you wanted to. Just not shark sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. literally just like I say, that big. So like, you have to kind of watch your arms and legs, especially because it's that choppy. You're getting thrown around and things. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Your arm slips out, or oops, and you're gone. Damn. So. How does it, so I hear, like, see this uh, kind of stuff online where, like, people, like, just jump in with all the sharks and the sharks won't, they necessarily won't attack you or they don't really, app, like, they don't want to eat humans and things like that. So yeah. how, how is it going to work with your roommate that's just going to, so she's, know, just she, in she and the boyfriend are cer- certified scuba divers and I don't know if that has anything to do about it or do with mm-hmm. it, but I would, I would just assume if they're going without the cage, they're going to be scuba-ing because, like. When I, I just had my snorkel gear, so I just pop out of the water and hang on to the cage. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it, it, from to my understanding, they bring you out to the same area, and you just jump in. I mean, like, right. the sharks weren't 
biting at the cage, but if they're there, they are expecting food. So I'll have to, I change my response. When they go, they must go somewhere else that's popular for sharks, but not a feeding zone. You know what I'm saying? Because if you show yeah, up to the spot to where these sharks are like, yo, crab's about to be falling from the sky, and then you jump in, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's tough. But they could. I, got, I, I got off the boat from North Shore. It's about a 45-minute to an hour drive where I was from uh, back to Honolulu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so like seasick when I got off the boat <laughs> driving home. Jackie stayed up there with Heather and Greg. Uh, <laughs> I had to drive home alone. But I'm so seasick that I'm like falling asleep in my car because I can barely keep my eyes open. But I had to rush here to do this. Yeah. <laughs> almost, almost could like six. I feel bad. Dude, we could have pushed it back uh, later. I think the time would have. John keeps me on a tight me. schedule. Good job, John. <laughs> okay, this kid keeps us uh, slipping, man. You guys got to come back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yo. So it's kind of crazy to imagine that somebody you could just be in a small boat, not expecting there to be any sharks or anything, but you just be on a boat out yourself, and the next thing you know, that you're surrounded by sharks. That's absolutely can you see wild. Them from the boat, can you like when you're on on the top of the boat, you can see them like circling. Dude, oh, we get, freak. We get there, right? I don't. I don't know. Again, I, I don't. I don't research anything I say. I don't know anything about sharks. Yeah, we don't know what the <laughs> we don't know what that we're talking about. But we get there, right? And like, there's nothing. There's just the cage. But like, obviously, that's just the noise of the boat. So nothing's there yet. Nothing's attracting these sharks. And they're like hooking. Yeah. We're sitting in our seats, and they're like just hanging out for a second. They're hooking the cage up. <clears throat> excuse me. They're hooking the cage up to the to the boat and doing whatever they got to do. And all of a sudden, this little kid has to be. Has to be six. Has to be six or seven. Wow. He goes, oh, mom, mom, I see one. And I'm like, bull fucking shit. Like, there's choppy waves. The boat's getting thrown. I'm like, no way. <laughs> but, of course, we, we all look. And there's one. You see just, like, the tail of one dart kind of, like, wow. under the boat. We're like, oh. Yeah. And we all kind of, like, stand and peek over the edges. What if you guys fell over? There was like fifteen, <laughs> like they everywhere. It was wild, and like you know how in movies, they got like the fin out the water, yeah, yeah. you know, like Jaws typical style. They weren't doing that at first, but then they were, and <laughs> it was really <laughs> creepy. Oh my god, yeah, no, that's it, an it experience. Wild. But, Dude, you're uh, living in a different world right now, man. It's yeah. it's absolutely uh, something else. It it just sucks because they uh. They closed down all the beach parks yesterday. Oh, really? They COVID's, COVID's picking back up. So they locked yeah. down all the beach parks. And uh, at least they're taking it seriously. It seems like Hawaii is taking it more seriously than a lot of other places. All the yeah. neighbor islands just picked up with the quarantine again. So you can't go there without the two week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's about to be on complete lockdown again. Things are shut yeah. down, which sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, is, uh, how is Seattle? Can you go to eat there? Yeah, I mean, Seattle's pretty open. Um, the, I go to the parks, and there's people in parks all the time. There's people in uh, restaurants. They're yeah. sitting down eating. Um, I think uh, maybe majority of it might be outside, um, okay. but they have dining. Um, actually, people do eat inside. I mean, they have rules, you know, obviously regulations, but, like, it feels like everything's pretty open. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't feel uh, pretty crazy or anything like that. Um yeah. Yesterday, I actually went to the office, and uh, there were people there. 
on oh, a yeah? Saturday. Yeah, oh, which yeah. was surprising. I think that a lot of people just go there to hang out because somebody was playing like ping pong on the tables, even though it's technically uh, closed. Um, they're not yeah. supposed to be there. I'm ratting them out right now. Nah. Whoever you are. Um, but yeah, I mean, Seattle's pretty open, you know? It's, Yo, it's if your coworkers, fun. if your coworkers watch my podcast, our podcast, we're doing way better than we think we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's 29 viewers. Let's go. Let's go. I'm John. Do you, have any, do you have any things like, uh, you, have you heard of the Cuomo trips? Mm-hmm. Cuomo trips? Cuomo trips or chips? Like Governor Cuomo? So he, Governor Cuomo made like a law or passed something where uh-huh. if you eat anything at a restaurant or if you like order alcohol at all, you yeah. have to order a meal with it. Okay. And restaurants started putting $1 chips and like $1 appetizers <laughs> so people could go there and drink. And yeah, that. that's that's what they're doing here. So they're shutting down all bars. <laughs> right. But if you serve food, if you're technically like a bar and grill, you mm-hmm. can stay open. So that's what a lot of brewer breweries are doing, where like they're yeah. just like starting to serve small side food, like little plates, maybe burgers, sliders, French fries, whatever. So they can yeah. technically stay open and operate as a restaurant that also serves beer. Yeah, you're right. That's smart. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be kind of, dude, I'm seeing a lot of, like, weddings and parties and stuff like that going on right now. Like, yeah, it's a little wild. I mean, people, you know, we're getting used to it. It kind of happens, but still people are being a bit reckless where they're kind of just doing absolutely whatever. And if you have that many group of people, you're going to spread it. It's going to spread. I feel, like, I feel like if they actually tried to fully shut the country down again, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Hey, people are it'd getting pretty fed up about it, which is. Of course. Like they tried to half oh. shut it down and people were getting fucking shot because they were mm. getting turned out at CVS. Yeah. <laughs> All these Dude, it's places. absolutely wild. It's crazy. How is uh how is New York? Things are shut down, our cases going up down. <laughs> I, I haven't looked into it in a while. So most of it's based around the city. I mean, upstate's not bad. Everything's open. There's no sign of it really, you know, like closing down again. People wearing masks? Yeah. You yeah. have the so a lot of it was kind of lax in the beginning and then all these regulations started getting passed and people, you know, were not doing what they were supposed to. Right. Me working at a grocery store, you know, people would come in all the time without masks and yeah. eventually they cracked down on that. So like technically you can't refuse them because it's private. Mm-hmm. It's a private company. So they don't mm-hmm. want to turn away a customer. Right. They're going to let them. In well, the store. well, so technically you can't, refuse them because it's the company's rule not because it's the government's rule well yeah i don't think they if i'm not like if i'm not mistaken i don't think governor cuomo actually mandated people to wear masks it was always a suggestion i'm pretty sure it was always a suggestion does he even have power to do that I don't I don't think he does honestly like he might have the power to do it but there's no way to enforce it so like When all this first started, like, we had police at the store to, like, regulate people coming right. in. Right. And, <clears throat> but, like, there's, there's just no way to regulate it. So then that's when the company steps in. And after a few months, they were like, all right, well, if you don't wear a mask, you can't come in the store. But it's like mm-hmm. those signs you see posted everywhere. But once it goes yeah. into the, you know, the private domain, there's nothing. Like, if you want to get into the store, just wear a fucking mask. Right. 
dude, police have been shutting down um like parties and stuff like that for like social gatherings and uh you know people not following regulations and you have a large group of people they've been shutting down parties i see that happening a lot too oh man i don't know i don't know i'm sure that they do uh each state has their own like phase of how many people you can have in there but i Mm. find that a bit surprising that people like the police even have the power to shut down parties things like that but i mean you know before (laughs) they were doing that before yeah Yeah. oh yeah true Uh, That's, that's right I think the wildest thing is, like, I I hate how, like, I'd love to know if I have it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I hate how you can have it and have no clue. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, Dan, Dan C from high school, Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, he works for, uh, he he does IT for uh, some type of health company, medical, something, something or other. So he has access to tests kind of like early on about a couple months ago. And he hit me up one day and he was like, bro, I had it. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean you had it? He's like, yeah. I felt kind of crappy last week. Didn't really even like think anything of it. Got tested this week, and yeah, I have the antibodies now. And I'm like, damn, dude, it's nuts. that's absolutely wild. Who knows how yeah, many people he what's... gave it to? But <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, I was actually like quite. Uh, I was really out a lot yesterday. Uh, I went to the office and um, went to go check out. Um, I'm looking for an apartment, so I went to University District. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's mental, but like right now, like my throat is feeling a little like sore and stuff like that. It's happened to me a couple times too. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason we do these over the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary though. You know, you don't know if you have it, you can uh, go out being normal, um, get a little cough. Yeah. And I mean, again, which I'm sure everyone feels the same way. Like it's not even for me, you know, we're in the age group where odds are we're going to be all right. But like, yeah. I feel like such an asshole if I gave it to those four freaking kids on the boat, you know, <laughs> or like their parents. So many and like, sharks I, and stuff like that. I mean, we were like, we were distance. They severely cut back the number of people on the boat. Like we all had to wear masks. We weren't near each other. I mean, unfortunately for the dad, I, I threw up like all over him. So <laughs> if anyone got it, he got it. If I had it. So the family is screwed. But yeah. You know, I, I know I've said this to Nick before, but like before all this what was it like December? I got like right before New Year's, I got really fucking sick. For, like I remember weeks. this, and like for two weeks I was like dying, and then like two or three months later, this whole thing came out, and I was like, Could you imagine? Did I? John's the one that started it. That? This yeah. was brewing. This was brewing in China and the, the Asian countries. Yeah. yeah. Hawaii is extremely close. We have a very high Asian population. Mm-hmm. John was here at the very beginning of December. <laughs> Goes back to New York. John's Did you go to New York City? zero. <laughs> John's Did you go to the Asian New York zero for the U.S. Oh my God! Yeah, he flew into JFK, didn't he? Isn't oh, that where man. I flew him to? No, I flew yeah. into Boston. Boston. Oh, I didn't fly you out here. You're right. Never mind. Damn. No, last time I wasn't at the city. I was at the Bronx Zoo last week. No, 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 no. I meant, I meant when you flew here. Oh, yeah, for but December. I forgot. We didn't, we didn't do that. But I wasn't at the Bronx Zoo last week. <laughs> fucking... Dude, the animals are spreading in there. Anim- animals can get Dude, it, can't they? When, uh, I think I like, there have been cases with like dogs or pets, but I think it's, I don't know. I think it's It can rare. be carriers? Yeah, maybe. Oh. Something like that. But, dude, when it was happening in China, like... I, I personally did not give a crap. Like, it's a small virus. You expect it to... I'll cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, nobody in the U.S. really cared. Nobody, like, cared. Um, 
it's not going to happen to us. We'll be fine if it's like a small virus. I'm sure it'll be contained, things like that. But well, if you think about it, like how many of those viruses do you think, like different kind of viruses, happen every single year that we just never hear about? I mean, that's yeah. what the flu is every year, right? I mean, but it's yeah. the same. Isn't it like it's a new the strain same of the thing. flu. Oh, yeah, this is what? Sure. No, this is this is part of a different virus. Though. So I'm I'm just saying flu season every year. Oh yeah. We get the flu, but it's never the same flu. It's always a different version of the flu, and that's why the flu season have, sucks. We're gonna have Rona season every year. I I would bet, dude, that we that'd be might. wild. That'd be some shit. Yeah. I would bet that we might. But you probably wouldn't adapted. even you wouldn't even be able to call out for having the flu because it'd be like it's Rona season. Just say it's Rona. I have Rona. We're not. We're not worried about the flu. <laughs> you know, talking about cutting things out, there's a YouTube definitely has a lot of rules about um talking about coronavirus. I don't know if you're even allowed to say it. Um, we're not I'm worried. Not, about we're not. Monetized. We're not monetized. It's okay. <laughs> That's true. No we one's paying us to make these videos. <laughs> Yo, the 29 people, man. We can't doubt them. That's true. Dude, I mean, we most do it of for them... the fans. We do it for the fans, not the money. I think exactly. 50% we of our followers are related to me or John directly. <laughs> oh, really? And then yeah. there's you, who I hope follows us. Um, I definitely liked your video. I don't know if I uh, you liked our video. I'm sure I did. I better see a notification. Yeah, bro. I was, uh, there was like, what, one other like? I, was, I think I was like the second like on it. Nah, I found it interesting. I, I thought it was a good conversation. No, our last guy was cool. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he has his yeah, own podcast. He's interesting. Uh, now you're uh, dealing with a uh, boring uh, software engineer. Who it's all right. Have, uh, Sorry, much right. to talk about. Speak but, it. How is how is how's working there? How do you like being a software engineer? Hmm. Good. Uh. Good segue. No. Um. Do numbers. You know, coding is. Uh. What was that? You just do numbers. I just do numbers. So that was uh, oversimplified. <laughs> uh. No. It's not really numbers, but I mean, usually if you're good at math, you're good at coding. Yeah. It's kind of. That's related. not true. I'm real good at math, <laughs> and I try to teach myself how to code. <laughs> Do you, uh, do I mean, it. you did good though. You picked up a lot of information really quickly. That was pretty good. But I mean, like, you know, everybody enjoys coding. It's really cool. Building stuff is fun. Like you, everybody enjoys building stuff, whether it's with their hands or digitally or whatever. But yeah. then, you know, if you're working for a corporation, it's not the most uh, fun stuff and you're just doing what your manager wants you to get done to make a, <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a interesting experience, pretty different from school. Um, but uh, a lot of people go to startup companies. They really like, you know, enjoy that because they're just coding all day. Uh, that's what it is. They're just around good people, friends, stuff like that. But uh, a lot of good opportunities. But yeah, not it's, it's a interesting field. Do you like being in Seattle? Like, it's yeah. Uh, you like Seattle though, yeah? Like, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. place. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting people here. Um, is, is there a lot of BLM but, stuff still going on? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. I think like every single mm -hmm. night there's a protest. Um, wow. but, so I'm in, um, actually I won't expose where I am, but yeah, I mean, I'll hear things um, at night in the distance, definitely, like nothing up close. Yeah. Um, if I go to the park, I'll like see uh, things going on there. Uh, definitely not crazy like it was before, but yeah, there's still a, a lot of stuff going on. But I mean, Seattle is beautiful, man. It's a uh, Wherever you go, it's like it's a city, and then you look around, and it's mountains and you know stuff like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, this dude lives in Hawaii. <laughs> um, <laughs> bro, you look out your window and you just see like crazy mountains and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's true. Wild. wild, wild. 
Wild, man. So I got a question. So is there, like, I know we've all talked about, like, business ideas. What kind of, like, for a software engineer, what's your, like, path to a startup? As opposed to, like, um, different kind of business. Like, just you exist. Well, start, you, you find a... Your own yeah. I mean, like, if you want to go into the whole software, like, aspect of things, you just find a problem that that exists right now or you just get an idea, like, um, like, figuring out the next Airbnb or figuring out the next, like, just not it doesn't even have to be that big you know just finding yeah. like some sort of cool thing that or an app that people would want to use a website or something like that mm-hmm. um and yeah you know that can get pretty big or it doesn't even have to be like something super crazy like a lot of what a lot of people do is they'll work for a company and they'll figure out like a problem that that company has like a problem between companies or uh things like that and they'll just make like a product uh to solve an issue, you know, like with yeah, their 10 years of experience to find a problem, they yeah. program with their friends and other people and they got a problem solved right there. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of, um, either you have a cool idea or you just see a problem in the industry that exists and then code it up, solve it mm-hmm. basically. But yeah. Um, I'm back. I think, I think they got bored of us. There he is. I heard someone um, walking around my apartment and no one should be here. So I wanted to check it out. <laughs> nice. That's weird. Someone, someone climbed up the deck. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, um, basically it. So you guys are still thinking about uh, opening up a bar in uh, Ireland? As soon as they're legal. Yeah, they're pretty, they're heavily outlawed there. Really? Yeah, it's really bar, fucked up. Bars are pretty tight right now. <laughs> tough, tough industry to jump into. They do. Yeah. I think it's very limited in what they have there. I mean, my mom just got back like two weeks ago and she got there. She's been there for like six months before she got back. They wouldn't let anyone fly out. They had like a way stricter. So whatever regulations we had, they couldn't like go past like two kilometers of their house. I remember That's that. Wild. Like it was a That's real, wild. it was a real restriction where like you couldn't, like you could leave your house and go walk around but like you couldn't go anywhere. Which, if you know where John's family lives, there's not even a grocery <laughs> store within two kilometers. <laughs> so how do there's people nothing. get groceries? There's, within there's literally like one them. house. I think they had they had like a system in place so you could either like order them, mm-hmm. and then there'd be some like you know touchless delivery, or there was like days you could go in and there you know special regulations on whatnot you could do. Because they're still, right. it's still the same businesses where, you know, that are essential businesses that stayed open. But it was just, it was way stricter than what we had here. Yeah. So is your mom still in Ireland or did she come back? No, she just got back two weeks ago. Oh, really? So what happened? Was she there? Like, was she stuck there or did she want to stay there this whole so, time? I mean, it's like what Nick was dealing with. Um, you know, there's just no way to get off because Ireland is an island. There's no way to get off the island. Like, they're not going to let you off. You can't leave. Because, yeah. first of all, you're going past two kilometers. She's <laughs> going through an airport. The airports weren't even open. Like, there's only essential flights going out. So, yeah. you know, it's not like you can get on a plane and leave. It just sucks. Everyone else in the world seems to be doing moderately better. I think I talked about this uh, last time we talked about COVID on the show, but um, like we, I have, I have friends in like Finland, France, um, 
who like we see them on uh, social media like going to concerts and going to parks and going to parties like almost all the time uh because when those country when when this all started those countries like they didn't even have like true lockdown orders like the people just knew like we should just yeah. not go out and now yeah. the virus is gone and now if you want you can go to a concert in finland but uh yeah, when's the last time we looked it up finland had like 17 cases yeah there's there's like none it's it's wild uh but i mean there's only about 18 people in finland anyways <laughs> so one person is healthy so it's with all the boxes is that is that re is that reselling is that the stuff you're working on yeah um so i ordered a bunch of stuff it was hot before it was selling like crazy the second i got it it's dead nobody wants it anymore i told you reselling is not not the move yeah. drop shipping is good you know i made a lot of money off that but it's um my ebay account still restricted they're definitely playing a lot of games with that um yeah i think they're restricting it on purpose because yeah, you know you have to when you what's up said yeah probably. Like, yeah i think like once uh you like sell on ebay you kind of have to treat it like a business you have to like treat it like mm-hmm. actual customers and stuff like that and I didn't really take it seriously. Um, you know, I was just selling stuff. These are people that I'm, you know, they're just buying my stuff, whatever. It's not even my product. So I didn't really take it as seriously or had the customer service. So, you know, that definitely is uh, affecting me now. But yeah, that's what all the boxes are. You guys remember a couple of weeks ago when I was thinking about starting that store with the, like, the portable air conditioners? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, all about it. I was talking to suppliers and things. I bought the domain, whatever, whatever. Then I started talking oh, yeah, to – you were, you were going uh, in with that. Yeah. Then I started talking to a family friend who knows this stuff really, really well, uh, contacting Chinese suppliers and whatnot. And he was like, might not be the best product, and we could probably work to find you a really good factory if you, you, know, if you really want to dive into it. But I, I stepped back so I could do a bit more research. Then, because I, I share my mother's Amazon account, I uh, I get notifications from the things she buys, and then the other day I get a pop up on my phone and it's like you your your portable air conditioner will be there in a couple of days or whatever. So I text my mom. <laughs> she I'm like, did you? I'm like, did you order this? She's like, yeah, yeah. I, my office is really hot. I need one, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, word, word. Let me let me know how it works. You know, I'm, I'm very curious to know like what kind of product you're gonna get if it's any good or not. And um, just two days ago, I get a notification on my phone that says your refund for the portable AC is now being issued. <laughs> so I call her and I'm like, That's hey, w- what's happened? Like, what happened? What's going on? She's like, well, I, I, I got the thing. The box was like all beat up. It had all this foreign language all over it. There was no instructions. The product looked nothing like what I ordered online. And I'm like, what suspicious ass <laughs> dropshipper did you buy this thing from? And yeah, that's it. She just she got some really weird beat up product and she got rid of it. So I'm like, damn. Okay. Did she get a good shipping time or was the shipping time a bit crazy? Like, was I don't know. It like one, two weeks. I think, I mean, I don't know if she... It's a good question. I have no clue. That's no that's clue. definitely somebody that didn't do the whole branding aspect of no. things. They didn't brand it. They didn't put time into it. They just found the thing and connected the two and booted it. Yeah, yeah, made a quick book. But um, I mean, it's definitely a feasible business. Is is like I said, I still really want to get into it. It's just um, prioritizing the whole product research stuff. Absolutely. Dude, fall's coming up. No? Yeah. Make no. It's it, cool for the fall. There's got to be some options. I mean. But fall, I, well, I know gonna be like different items. It's gonna be different yeah. items, but like I, I don't know why. I see like fall and spring as like two like 
not even I feel they're like fake seasons to me. I think mm-hmm. of the year as like summer and winter and you can sprinkle in the other two in there for a couple weeks. But I mean, like for the first half of fall, it's hot as hell, so it's basically still summer. And then the second half of fall, it's cold as shit, so it's basically winter. I mean, eh, you know, I, I don't yeah, I don't like planning yeah, quite, for those. Yeah, you could put that on your calendar. You could have fall and spring as just one day, <laughs> just the twenty first <laughs> of uh, those two. <laughs> That's all they yeah. have. So, what's in those boxes? Can I buy them from you? Is anything good? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, they're um, they like mini pools. I bought them for mini pool dollars. Really, yeah, mini pools? Yeah, yeah. You know how many times those, you both bro. know my balcony, right? Yes. My balcony, yeah, 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 my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you oh, know yeah. how many times me and the girls have been like, yo, let's just get spot. a kiddie pool, fill it up, yeah. drink in this pool on my lanai overlooking the mountains. Oh, dude. It's perfect. Dude, so when I, when, I, when I first uh, ordered them, they huh. were, you know, they cost around 20 to $50, depending on where you buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my friend was selling them for, he sold them for 170 People are so That's dumb. A crazy profit. Well, you know, they people want things as high. People were buying them. Yeah, you know the yeah because yeah yeah. See the the thing is they're out of re they uh, restock. You know the demand isn't there, so people yeah. usually have bots that constantly check for restock and then they'll buy it and then they'll resell it. You know, like uh, the middleman. But the second I buy it, I sold. I I can sell them for like a hundred dollars. But shipping and the fees for when you're selling it, I made like what five dollars on it. So well, I think wasn't the whole point that you didn't keep an inventory? Hmm. I said drop the same shipping. thing. I said the yeah, same drop thing. Shipping. <laughs> yeah, so that was drop shipping, but this is reselling because um oh okay, so it's a little different. there was yeah there was a definitely a reason for it because uh, someone on Amazon was just selling it way cheaper, so usually you know you restock on that. And then you can just uh, ship it out. But there's there's different products that you'll resell or uh, drop ship. There's there's like reasons to it. Is there different like websites to go on because I know like there's Alibaba. I mean, what's how you find yeah. suppliers and things? That's not where you buy products. But where did you try yeah. and sell the pools, bro? Uh, so selling you can sell them on Amazon, uh, uh, eBay, uh, Mercari. I think that's the app. Uh, but yeah, there's like a bunch of places you can sell it. But believe it or not, it's so weird. You buy things from Walmart. People bought Walmart and Target because they just constantly run out of stock. Um, but then, yeah, you sell it on eBay and things like that. Um, but yeah, speaking about doing the business, I mean, we were talking about prioritizing the businesses there. I can't decide what to do either. I mean, there's the bar yeah. we want to do. There's the dropship. It's so hard. Because um, it's that's like- the hardest part. Which one do we want? I don't know. Which one do I want the more the most? You both know I'm working on that other side business idea. Uh, Could we just buy a warehouse and do like all three of them? You know what's so funny? <laughs> Me and Tala were taught we're stressing about life a couple weeks back. Tala, you'll remember I said this, and I was like, we're stressed about work. We're stressed about businesses. Nothing was kind of moving, and I was like, let's quit our jobs, move back to New York move into my mother's basement, turn the whole basement in just to, into just a workshop. And we just yeah. crank out business ideas. Just live in there and just grind it. That's, that's the perfect thing. 
Oh, shit. That's a perfect environment, man. Just work businesses. Just work. Yeah, but that, that, that's also the thing is that video that I sent you last night about making uh, choices. Dude, yeah. whatever choice we'll make, we'll never make the right choice. John, so, we watched this video last night. The, not the one we sent you. Oh, okay. Different. The one we sent you was 10 minutes or six minutes. This one was 20 minutes. It was this horribly sad video about this dude. And he's like, his friend's like, I, I'm going to Australia to start a company. You can come with me if you want to run the business. And the guy was like, I have a good job here and a girlfriend, but I've always wanted to do this. And the whole video is just like him making one decision and like everything kind of going meh and then shitty and then meh. And then he wakes up and realizes it was basically a dream. And then the same thing happened where he made the other decision and his life was meh and then shitty and then better and then meh. So both kind of ended up like crappy. But yeah. like then he woke up and I don't really get it because apparently it was a dream inside of a dream, but he had never made either decision. And the, vi yeah. and the video literally ended and this man was just like, I guess there's no good decisions in life. There's just the decisions that we make. Yep. What, what do I do with that? that? <laughs> <laughs> what, so what, what like, factors do you like consider when you make a decision? Dude, it literally no, said, it just... ended with him being like, all right, I know which decision to make. And then that's it. So what decision did you make, man? Like it just ended right there, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. But I guess Bro, that's what they're trying to you. say is no decision is perfect, and you just gotta choose one and just go with it. Hmm. What are you saying, John? Micro decisions. Micro yeah. decisions. Micro decisions. Okay, if yeah. my micro, my next decision is to quit my job, leave Hawaii, and open a bar in Ireland. Is that a micro decision? No, there's like a billion micro decisions in that one decision. That's very true. You have to, uh, there's a lot of things that you'll decide before you get to that point, before opening up a bar. Like the first one, what are you going to have for breakfast when you wake up? See, I don't That's need to get that granular. Decision. I don't need to get that granular <laughs> about it. I, you're playing your life out? That's, you're just going to live it. But like Tala has a good point. Do you focus on like... Okay, we if we're if we're on the course of just making micro decision after micro decision to getting to that gets us to a different decision in the end, like should I be focusing like how do I how do I decide the first thing? Do I do I eat like fruity pebbles because that's what I want and it's the yummiest and I'll be the happiest? Mm -hmm. Or do I make like like oatmeal? like oatmeal, like overnight oats because it's the best for me and it'll give me the most energy for the day. Like productive things. What, what should be the basis of your decision-making? Not there sh it shouldn't just be, I need to make a decision. Like, what do I focus on? Yeah. I mean, especially when you, so in this case, we do have, we do kind of know the outcomes of it, uh, which helps, but like, yeah, there's a lot of cases that will come across the choice and we don't know the outcome of it. We don't know what's better for us, what's worse for us. So that's what kind of leaves you hanging. It's, it's tough. That's, that's the worst part, man. That's why people struggle so much is because they want to do it. There's so many business ideas out there and even businesses that are successful right now. You can jump into it and make your own successful business out of it. But it's knowing what to do. Knowing what to do is uh, that, that's the tough part. Yeah, I think a lot of it just with. has to do with like risk tolerance, which is something they didn't really discuss in the video. Cause like, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm come to the realization that I'm much less, I'm, I'm much less, what's the, I can't think of the word averse. I, I can't handle large amounts of risk, 
you know, as, as I thought I would be able to at this point in my life, like making huge decisions that are large leaps, like deciding I want to go open a bar in Ireland, yeah. regardless of if it works out or not. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's so many of those like micro decisions that it causes more turmoil in the short term <laughs> than I guess positivity later on. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, looking back, uh, I know what you mean. Looking back, like, out of, you know, just graduated six months in December, this past December, um, mm. I wish that I didn't start a job right away, you know? Because mm. once you start working, now I'm starting to realize the more I work, the more I get used to the pay, the harder it is to take that risk of wanting to do something that, you know, you've always wanted to do or just enjoy being your own boss, just doing your own thing. Yeah. It's harder I, and harder. I realized that at a pretty young age. Um, so my father used to give me $5 a week for an allowance you could call. I did like, I took out the trash or whatever, but I was never working, right? It's child labor, man. Child, child labor. So I was never working. So like when I had $5, I was like, great, I'd go do this, I'd buy that, it'd be whatever. Then the day I turned 16, as you both know, I started working very early in high school and I never stopped. And you, as you both know, how frugal was I? Dude, you worked. Every, you worked. every decision was like, I got to the point where I don't even see dollar signs. Like things, I made so little money. When I started working, I started, or I was making seven sixty-five. So yeah. like, I, I knew, like when I saw dollar amounts, I was like, okay, if I wanted this video game, $60, $65 after tax, that's going to cost me, let's call it 10 hours of work, make it right. 12 because taxes. So like I started seeing things in like, like amounts of time that I'm going to have to put into things. So yeah. it's just, it, it's so much harder to spend your money when you're actively oh, yeah. earning Absolutely. it. Mm -hmm. And then you come to rely on that source of income and then to like make any decision afterwards that would impede that earning process is so, it's so painful. It might not be for everybody. It is. But it's, yeah. It's so painful to like think I could change my whole, I could like know certainly, like it'd be almost certain that I could make one decision and everything I ever want is just like right behind this door, but I have to quit my job first and take that leap of faith. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's so hard. <laughs> Dude, imagine if somebody, so I think we all started working pretty young. Um, yeah. Like I, I started working. working at like Taco Bell when I was like 16. So I my whole working. But imagine if somebody just grabbed us and said, we're spending an hour of our life to work for what, $7 or something like that. Yeah. Wasting a whole summer, wasting so many hours. Somebody just grabbed us and taught us to work for ourselves do do yeah. our own thing just explore and learn and things like that you know yeah just because that's parents always um they always focus on school but they don't teach you how to make money outside of school or things like that it's if not we like, started that young, like that that's a pretty yeah, no, I, it's not. I could be wrong again i don't research anything i feel like that's a pretty american thing get that job mm -hmm. right away boom start grinding maybe you'll yeah. be a manager in in 90 years right before you die um but like i know in in european countries they they do college a bit differently there's like gap years that aren't just like hoped for they're they're strongly encouraged almost everybody does it whether it's 
I, I don't know if it's like before your senior year of college or before you go to like get your master's or something. Everyone, almost everybody takes a gap yeah. year where they go fuck off or sir, to Australia. Visa. Yeah, they, they, they get a visa. They go like basically My just party it. it out. Yeah, that's exactly what your mother Yo, did. That's exactly. Come to think of it, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think um, – so I was with the outdoors club uh, in Buffalo. I went to school in Buffalo. Yeah. And there were some kids from uh, Europe, basically, there. They were studying abroad in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. found that to be the most interesting thing, that they uh, ended up in Buffalo for some reason, out of all places in the U.S. For some yeah. reason, they enjoyed it. But I'm assuming. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, so, that's really uh, <laughs> that's interesting. They have more opportunities like that. I, well, sure I think they, also, I mean, I know from what I've learned from, you know, school and shit, they just don't put – the emphasis that we do in America on having a job in the first place. Definitely. Like they all have jobs, but they don't fucking work themselves to death. First of all, cause they don't need to. Right. Their economy doesn't put that much stress on them that they need to work fucking 50, 60 hours a week to support themselves. Yeah. And like, you know, their jobs themselves are like <clears throat> your fucking people go live. Well, what's the word? The what's the, economy. the, um, what's the, the statement? It's like Americans, like we we live to work, but they work to live. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's there's a, a lot of like you can't have as big like you can't be as successful as an entrepreneur. Maybe in Europe, the Europe the American economy is set up to be extremely successful, and yeah. it's set up to be that way. So I mean, there's advantages to it, but at the end of the day, when you have such a large population of people who just want to live a good life they want to be stress-free they just want to enjoy themselves um it's you gotta work it's too, that's a it's too that's much. a good point because you like you you just you just said it which is kind of the myth that i'm attempting to disprove here is you know everyone thinks if you come and grind your ass off for 50 years in america you know everyone here is rich it's super easy to make money here this is where all the billionaires are right mm. i watched a ted talk about a month ago. It's a, it's a bit older. It's from like 2015, 2016. So I don't know how accurate the numbers are now. But if you calculate the billionaires per capita, we are actually behind all the Scandinavian countries. Really? This guy did this huge study. And Scandinavian countries are like the socialist, communist, like big scary mm-hmm. words that Americans hate. Um, countries that uh, it's... It is easier to get mega rich in those countries. You're more, it's more probable than doing it in America. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that, that could be there are a handful of factors, but so many people think that, yeah, if you want to get rich, you have to be an American. You have to grind. And it just, no one here, I, I think it's safe to say that. So the wealth was scale, more spread out over there. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was well, more sort of billionaires over there more billionaires per capita than the United States. Wow. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, we, we blow every other country out of the water with our, what is it? Like a thousand or something like 800. Mm-hmm. Won't be a lot of billionaires. Yeah. But America's um, huge. America's. But, but we are the third crazy. most populated country on the, in the world. And then you look mm-hmm. at like Norway or was it, it was, the, I think it was like, it was one of those countries, Norway who has like, I don't know, less millions of people, much less. <laughs> they had, a way higher percentage of ultra high net worth people, but they're all way happier. Yeah. Everyone over there is way happier. <sighs> Happy. That's what it comes down to. 
<laughs> happiness. happiness. Yeah, I mean, we're not really up there on the scale of quality of life for the average person or happiness for the average person. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the economy benefits those that are insanely smart and those that know how the system works or have people that are within the system. But well, for an average person that just wants a good life, it's a it's different. It's definitely different. For as many as many people as there are like ultra for ultra high net worth people. So I think that is what like I think it's thirty million dollar net worth and above. Mm-hmm. People who make it to those thresholds, do you think they love what they do? Do you think Jeff Bezos? To. Do you think Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos is like I love selling toilet paper over the internet? It's something I've always wanted to do, and I've never been happier. Well, when he started, I mean, but the thing is that like money stops mattering after a while. Yeah. So that's what a lot of people say, what they love, what they do. I mean, dude, Jeff Bezos has a whole company that is absolutely obsessed with him. True. The dude, the dude's gotta be like, you gotta love that power. The guy has a lot of power, but you know, once you reach a certain amount of money, it doesn't matter at all. You're going to live the same quality of life. You might have this, you might have more materialistic or bigger materialistic things, but you have everything you wanted way before that. So the guy's got to love what he's doing. So do we do things that we love or do we do things that are smart? Hmm. You want to say in the long run, you do things that you love. Yeah. I mean, I can say like, the profession that I chose for right now, like the only way for me to make real money is to work myself to fucking death. Yeah. You're right. And like that that's like, you know, those are the choices that I made. I didn't go to college, you know. I'm I do all right. Some other myself. things sprinkled along the timeline. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I made some mistakes. But like the only way for me to make money in my profession is to either get a promotion. Or work myself to fucking death. Well, then fuck your profession. Like, like I know that last year I worked almost I worked three thousand hours That's in a, a year. Wow. To make to make what I made last year, I worked three thousand hours. Wow. And I think like forty hours a week only brings you to like two thousand. I was gonna say I just did it so. 8.2 hours a day for 365 days. So obviously that doesn't count days off, holidays, etc. That's a lot. That's yeah. a, that's a but lot like, of work. For me in my profession right now, that's how many hours I had to work to be, you know, I wasn't even happy at the time of what I was doing, but you know, I'm better at the place I am. Like I just changed jobs right now. So I'm better at the place. So I wouldn't have to work as many hours to make as much money as I made last year. Yeah. But like, that's also the frame of mind that I'm in right now, which I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But well, like, from, from our decision, from our discussions recently, John, that's something that like, that, that's, I guess we've all been talking about it. I talk about it with both of you separately. Like that's yeah. something that's what you do, right? That's what you want to do. Yeah. That's your direction. We're like me and Tala, we see, working eight hours a day for the next 50 years is I'd rather just jump off my balcony now. Yeah. I mean, it's not really enjoyable environment. I would say it's Mm -hmm. working that corporate job is not really something that's fulfilling to a person because 
we're just another piece in the puzzle. We're making somebody else's dream come true. We're just making a whole uh, engine just go, basically. It's not really crazy See, meaningful or anything. I feel like, like the only difference in my part is that, like, I work at a store level. So, like, working in an office would be very hard for me, other than yeah. the fact that, like, you know, you're just you're in an office. The part that makes my job a little bit easier is that I get customer interaction. I agree. Part, it's it's not like I'm trying to make the company happy, which of course I am, but it's the fact that I get to go in every single day and it's not like, you know, I get to make every single customer happy and yeah. I get to go home, you know. Yeah. It's it's different than trying to make like, you know, the man happy. I, right. I, yeah. I do have to say, I, I will agree with that a hundred percent. If I could make the amount of money now <laughs> doing the job i had when i was 16 running around a wholesale club just doing whatever they had me i was doing total bitch work i was cleaning i was wiping customers asses i was pulling empty boxes off shelves but like i was talking to people i was on my feet kind of doing silly tasks yeah the social interactions i would do that in a heartbeat um just even even in like obviously I've progressed and through my with my degree I've done jobs that are more what I'm technically wanting to do. Yeah. It's so boring. Yeah. And I <laughs> what kills me is what Tala just said. Is just I'm just sitting there making someone else's money. I remember yeah. this this really pissed me off. This this is one of the things that really kind of like kicked me into man should I should I really be working for the rest of my life instead of trying to build something for myself is I had we had someone come to my college once speak to one of the clubs I was running and they were talking to us about um like good app uh, not application like interview tactics things to ask you know you're supposed to go to an interview with like a, a book of questions and be like ready to kind of back and forth right. with people yeah one of the things that he was like, okay, if you want to get an interviewer's attention, like if you want them to really remember you, ask them, like one of your questions should be, what can I do to make you and your organization more money? That was something that I was told to ask an interviewer. And that's, that's when it snapped. I was like, no matter what they offer me when I get this job, I'm not making anything compared to the person that's actually making the money off of my work. And that yeah. just, that, that, that sits with me every day. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not earning my own money. I'm making somebody else money. And then things that they happen to, that happen to like fall out of their pockets. That's what I'm picking up. Yeah. It's we're building somebody else's asset basically. And then once we're not working there anymore, we're not benefiting from it, even though we, the company is benefiting from well, making a lot of money from it, but we're building somebody else's asset. Yeah. But like, we all, but, we all work hard. Yes. I would say, I knowing both of you, we all work extremely hard. John, probably more than both. Actually, Tyler's been working <laughs> some crazy hours, but John has to do yeah. physical labor a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So John double, but, um, why can't we just take that effort and make something out of it? You know, it's, I, I don't know. It was, it sounds way simpler than it is. Obviously we yeah. all know that. Cause we don't like, know the end outcome of it either. Everyone wants to change with the system though, but like, we're just, too, there's too, we're too far gone. There's no way to like revert the system. 
Oh, you mean the whole system in general? Well, like, even if we wanted to, like, okay, we want to go, like, to, like, a European system where they have it. It's like us using, what are the fucking metric system? There's no way, there's no way to go over to that at this point. There's right, too but, many people yeah. that are accustomed to that. But that's not that's not totally the issue because there are people who are not as ambitious as we may be. Um, yeah. And I know I'm, I, I don't mean to be speaking for the three of us, but like there are some people who love sitting at a computer, like Tala said, who would be yeah. happy making a fine salary at a startup, just typing all yeah. day and just not. Mm. Tala, how many hours a day do you work? Working on your projects. I would say at least like. Give me an average. 10? Sprinkle uh, through the day. Yeah. I don't work that much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just like sitting in front of a computer and just type, 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 making sure things work for 10 hours a day, eight to 10 hours a day for the next 40 years. I don't know. Some people don't mind. Some people like also aren't as like fiscally focused, not as monetarily focused as we are. yeah, I mean that's that's why this the system will never change. First of all, it would take yeah. 90 years of congressing just to make that happen. And yeah, we are pretty far along. Yeah, but y- there's a there's a there are options out there for us. Like we know what these other countries have better qualities of life, and kind of we're talking about Europe and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's hard for us to take that leap of faith. It's hard to, like, how scared were you to move to Hawaii? I know I was pretty nervous to move to across the country and um, yeah. with no, knowing nobody, starting a new job. But once you do it, it's, it's, not, that, it's not that bad, really. It, it's so definitely it's not that bad. It is yeah. exciting as hell, but it's absolutely terrifying. And I think me and you were in kind of similar boats. I had somebody... I had a person. I moved here with Jackie. Yeah. Um, and you had a job. So, you know, you, there's a home, a car, a job, and then people. We each had, mm-hmm. we, you know, we each had one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, luckily, we both had somewhat of a support system to fall onto. But, yeah, it's, I quit my job. But that also, we were in different situations. So, you had just graduated. I graduated mm-hmm. a bit earlier than everybody else. So, I'd already been working for almost two years. Uh, and I, I was having a, a real early life crisis as John might remember as me freaking out every day, just going to that office (laughs) and it's like, I hated it. I I, just going, I had a couple jobs before I moved here. So I'm not just going to like specify one that I didn't like just working every day. It was just, uh, boring, boring, boring. I wasn't in the direct field that I wanted to be in what I went to school for. So yeah, I was just like, yeah this sucks. And I've never taken any risks. That was what I was pissed about was I hadn't taken many risks in my life. And I was like, eh, it's Hawaii. And everybody I asked was like, when are you ever going to go to Hawaii? Or we get the chance to move to Hawaii. Do it now. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's, I mean, once you get here, you're like, okay, it's just like living in New York, but not New York. Well, like yeah. if How you had you- gotten, if you had gotten your dream job right off the bat out of college, do you think any of this would have happened? I, I ask myself that twice a week <laughs> um, because who knows, you know, I don't really love my major. Yeah. Um, I picked it for stupid reasons, which we're not mm. going to get into, 
but in theory, I could have been making a lot of money or at least on a track to be earning a lot of money eventually. Mm. But I'm probably be in the same boat, hating my life, hating work, hating everything about everything, being angry all the time. Uh, Cause I never like, I, I never stopped to think about what I actually want with my life mm-hmm. until the day Jackie called me and was like, I'm moving to Hawaii. You can come if you want. And that's when I was like, no, I think you both know the story, right? I was yeah. like, no, no, I actually, I actually don't know. Jackie called me up a one month, less than four weeks before she was moving. She goes, mm-hmm. I just got the offer. They want me to start the first and next month, whatever. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's great. She's like, I want you to come if you want, you're invited. And I said, no, thank you. I was like, I have no interest in coming. That's too big of a risk, too big of a jump. What am I going to do? Hawaii's like one of the most expensive places in the country. Can't do it. I'm sitting at work two weeks later. It's like a Monday. And uh, my boss comes by, drops like my, my weekly pile of nonsense on my desk. So, you know, take care. And it wasn't like, it wasn't an aggressive thing. It wasn't out of the ordinary. Like it was just my, my weekly payload of bullshit. And I sat there and I stared at it. I remember I stared at that stack of papers for like five, 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't want to do this. So I drafted my letter. I quit that day or I put in my two weeks that day, two weeks and five days later, I was on a plane to Hawaii. <laughs> That's wild. Now, do you think that, so I know that you're not like that happy with uh, your job right now either. Like you don't really love it or anything like that. But do you think like that decision to move to Hawaii, like first do you, are you happy you made that decision or are you even happier living in Hawaii? I am. It is undoubtedly, doubtably the greatest decision I've ever made in my life, regardless Mm -hmm. of how much I hate it and my situation right now. It is the best decision I have ever made in my life for a number of reasons. Um, and first of all, in case my boss ever finds out I'm making a podcast, um, <laughs> I don't hate my job. <laughs> I, um, it's not the field I expected to be in. It's, it's a little bit tricky because I am still learning it. it. It's different. My team, my boss, everyone I work with are incredible. I've never had a complaint about them. Most fun I've ever, like, m- most fun team I've ever been on for anything ever. I love the people I work with. My job is a lot of fun. It's very different, but it's not what I see myself doing. And like we've been discussing, it's not getting me to that place in life I really want to be. But moving to Hawaii was the best decision I ever made because it taught me that big decisions don't matter. Um, you know, I, I bother both of you every day to quit your jobs mm-hmm. and do some. How many times just in the past seven days, both of you, you both have to answer. How many times in the past seven days have I tried to convince you to quit your jobs and do something ridiculous with me? You've been pretty serious about it lately. I think like when I first started working, I was like, this is four years, I've been, four and a half years I've been working towards this degree and I was supposed to have this epiphany of a life where everything is just perfect and like, you know, you have money and things yep. like that. And then you start working and you're like, holy crap, like this kind of sucks. So I was, I was bothering you a lot initially. I was like, man, like, yo, we should start something. But you've been very serious about it lately. That's because I'm, I'm three years deep. You're planning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been working every day since I was 16. Yeah. 
I think and I was the latest one to start, actually. Start what? Working? A job. I didn't get my first job until I was like after 18, after I graduated. You had a mishmash of jobs, though. You haven't stopped either, though. Like, me and Tala went to college, you know? I mean, like, well, I had a job. Like, while you guys were in college, I just worked. You worked a medley of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've been working just as much as we have. But I mean, like, the only job I had during like high school was that nursery job, which you helped me with. Like, that was time. so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember sounds, that. Uh, sounds like a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we worked on a farm. It was just a mess. But, uh, That's pretty cool. But, yeah, uh, best decision ever just because it taught me that, like, I, even though I'm having trouble with the exact same thing now because I'm not very – I'm not good with huge risks – like it taught me that if I just drop everything and I want to go start a bar tomorrow in Ireland, I'm going to be all right. And that's why I'm so yeah. adamant about it bothering you two because we'll be <laughs> I, know, right. I know everything's yeah. going to be okay. But yeah. yeah, I just like, if I, if, if this is really what I decide I don't want, I don't want to be in Hawaii anymore. Mm-hmm. God forbid anything happens because of COVID and I have to make some drastic decisions. Like I know I'm going to be fine. Uh, yeah that's the thing no matter what we do that's why i guess everybody says do what you love because the money will come what you because right now you know i love to be out in nature and things like that doing hikes if i was to do something around there i'm sure i'd find a problem or i'd find a way to create an income with money coming in yeah but you know we were watching that video yesterday um Mm. the dude that made the two choices on one side of the thing he was working a um a corporate job he was making really good money he was right. happy with his girlfriend but he wasn't happy with life he was still miserable and then on the other side he was doing what he genuinely enjoyed he was uh i think he was like doing some sort of farming thing and then he was providing like meaningful services to people but he was making very little money yeah but that whole financial burden still made him very unhappy yeah it's just i mean like so it can go both ways it is tough because we can. It's easy to say, "Do what you love," right? But yeah, there needs to be some end goal, uh, which is, of course, probably the hardest part for a lot of people, because what it, I have to decide: okay, where do I want to see myself? Do I want to see myself with a lot of money down the road, regardless of how any other factors, mm-hmm. or do I want to be happy? And do I want to be happy? Do I want to be see myself like happy? You. And living somewhere super cool. Um, I, I don't know. You have to pick some Stop. sort of direction. But I think my biggest thing is I'm so afraid of losing the second one, which is, of course, that's the premise of decision making. Mm. <laughs> What's but like, the second one? Well, there, there's, there's happiness and there's money. Like, you can, you can easily make one of them happen. I, th- I am a strong believer that anyone can make either one of those happen. But it's very hard to make both. What do you mean? That's the hard one. Yeah. I mean, in my, like, I guess in my case. So, like, I guess my big decision now is do I, like, work a lot towards my future or do I be happy and work now or work later? Well, if you, if you're happy and you, I think what they mean. Well, I guess in that, in that situation, it's like, are you happy with what you do as a job? And then maybe you might have to struggle a little bit later because you didn't make that money before. Or do you get a good job that pays you a shitload of money and you're not as happy? 
and then you can enjoy then, later. But then you can enjoy your life later. As long I think that those are both like good options because the thing is if you're strictly chasing money, if you're strictly yeah. chasing you sacrifice your friendship, you sacrifice your families and stuff like that. If you're strictly chasing money, you're going to get that money, but then yeah. you're going to be miserable. You're not going to be happy. So I think, yeah. yeah, it's, you can be really happy if you work that corporate job, make a lot of money and then just make sure that you're not only chasing the money. Cause uh, there's a whole fire movement right now. The millennial fire movement. They're trying Financial to uh, independence, retire, early. retire early. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's whole the retiring early thing, but then why not do what you love and create income from that? And then those people don't ever want to quit. They don't ever want to retire. They just right. want to keep doing what they're doing. So the, the fire, uh, fire method, financial independence, retire early. It's, mm -hmm. it's basically like a super dumbed down way of living frugally with very low expenses and trying to increase your income, your cash flow as much as possible so that you're able to pay off all debts and retire as early as possible. Um, mm -hmm. Is there, is there more to explain behind that, uh, Tala? Like, yeah, I mean, no, that's basically it. But then, yeah, the whole taking the whole um, financial aspect of things in your own hands, because a lot of people just rely on their job and, oh, I'll retire at 65 with a 401k in my job. Uh, I'll have that money for the rest of my life. And that's it. Size out with my paycheck. It's money yeah. to spend. But now there's like a lot of movement of people trying to become, um, taking all that stuff into their own hands, trying to just be smart with their money. You guys know that the spreadsheet I made the, that keeps track of how much money you have over time. It's like pretty mm -hmm. in depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have my own version that I've basically built that like revolves around the fire principle that it takes into consideration all my income, all of my different investments. It has debts that are like are broken down on a payment schedule to kind of see where I'm at year by year. It's, it's very similar to the type of thing that fire people use. Uh, well, do you think this is like random? I've never yeah. talked about this. So like, you not think that's like the fire movement is kind of linked with like the drop of people not getting like, when we are 65, like when people, you know, in the last generation, they're getting, you know, social security and they're getting pensions that are no longer going to be available to us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the millennial generation, I guess, like those things are no longer going to be viable for us. So, yeah, it's I guess definitely a, way, a factor. You know, it's, it's trying to find a way to make that money because we're not going to be able to live off those things that you know, yeah. past generations have been able to. I, I think it's, it's, that's definitely a factor, but it's from the, it stems from the community of people who just don't want to work all that time, who don't want to like waste their life behind a computer 10 hours yeah. a day, never see their family. And then they retire with a couple bucks in their pocket and then they die. Yeah. I, it's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people yeah. Like, you never shopped on like Etsy or something? No. Never gotten anything off Etsy. Jackie got me stuff off Etsy. Is that the handmade? Uh, Jackie yeah. got me the superhero thing off Etsy where I'm like, I look like a superhero. It's, it's a website. Room. So I like anything cool. that I get you. for like birthday presents or anything for anyone I get off Etsy. It's like, it's really? like, it's like a homemade store. So it's like a local store for your community. 
yeah that you're getting off the internet so it's like a local community internet kind of thing it's a pretty good idea it's like supporting local businesses but you're just supporting people who are just making stuff like in their own houses it's Mm -hmm. just a it's a really cool thing just to be able to like you know do because you're not supporting you know a big corporation yeah which is part of yeah a lot it's it's blown up with this whole like corona thing yeah that too this is this is something jackie got me off etsy Mm. is that you and jackie yeah (laughs) that's awesome i had to cover up the title because it's a little (laughs) (laughs) um but it's it's stuff like that you know that you're supporting someone who is you know potentially part of that movement yeah someone who doesn't want to work for a boss you know they make all their own stuff they're their own boss you know that's they a, have their own little store that's yeah, a really I mean, good that's, point that, that's yeah, side that's hustle the whole thing too yeah, yeah. i mean that, that's the whole thing too like obviously people with the whole fire movement they don't want to be working their corporate job or else they wouldn't care about retiring so yeah. why wait to retire so my i guess what i'm trying to say is like why wait to live frugally and stuff like that when you can just do it now you can just do a side like uh make some money on the side doing making things with your hands doing all that kind of stuff selling things online why not just start doing that now you're still living frugally you can do that for the rest of your life and you'd enjoy it basically hawaii is expensive and i don't like living frugally (laughs) i think i honestly think like their, their side hustle thing can go past retirement so like People yeah. retired at 62 because if they continued doing their job, they probably would die within two mm-hmm. fucking years. Die on the factory it's, floor. It's exhausting. So, like, mm-hmm. their side hustle thing is you can do that, you know. Well, as long as you're that's, not that's the beauty of the side hustle. And me and Tala, we debate this frequently because the beauty of the side hustle is you have your job. You're 40 hours a week. And you do this side project that you love that makes you money. Something yeah. that you're passionate about. You're not doing, you're not like this. This is basically that, right? Me and you were yeah. doing this just because it's fun and we like talking to people. Yeah. So you do it on the side and maybe it starts earning you a bit of money. Mm-hmm. And then you keep working it, you keep working it. And eventually it's a little bit bigger. You're selling more things. All of a sudden it's a little bit bigger. Maybe you're, you know, you just, it's growing, it's expanding. And one day, because you're making so much money off your side hustle, this thing you love, you can quit your job when you're 36, call it 40. I don't know. And then you're just doing this thing you love and then you have this small business, big business, if it, if it really works out. Um, and then you can either continue the thing that you love. You could sell the business, retire early, do whatever you want. It's just a much nicer, happier way of doing things. But then less risk as well. There's, yeah. there's not as much risk because you have your income. But me and Tala debate this back and forth because there's so many different types. You can make a side hustle for anything really. And this is one of the things I have trouble with is like picking which one I really want to dive into head first. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, on the other side of the coin though, where we debate is why not just start a full on business, you know, which is, which could grow more profitably and a whole bunch of other things. I guess like it's all risk. It all is just well, kind I think of the point of the side hustle thing is that you have a main hustle and the fact mm-hmm. that like, this side hustle is like apart from your actual job. Yeah. You would be doing and you're just doing it on the side, but you know, I guess that transition into a, you know, full hustle. I have to pick something I love. 
What do I love? <laughs> well, I guess That's you know. A tough question. I think when you have like a diverse range of side hustles, it's hard to pick one and be successful at it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're not pouring all your energy into one thing and into multiple things, you're going to have a couple semi-successful things. And maybe one will get a big, but, like, you know. If, this seems like a direct attack on me. <laughs> and anyone, really. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're right. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, earning money or not earning money, I think it's a huge happiness factor. Because it can start That's as a it, hobby. Man. Which is what this is. Yeah. This is a hobby. I mean, we hang out and we Zoom all the time because we're so far apart. But all I have to do is hit the record button. It turns, I mean, hey, if you can make something out of your side hustle, that's, that's incredible. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it's hard to know what to do. That's, that's the hardest part, really knowing what to start. Because on one aspect, you could be safe you could retire early have money where you won't have to stress and then on the other side you could go full send and start doing what you love and who cares if just get enough make enough money to get by like you said that one you know that one person that um uh just travels and then you know that person does their little side i think nick you were talking about her yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah works at like um does enough to get by makes money, does some side gigs and stuff like that, but enjoying life, doing what oh, they my love. friend. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and some people are okay living like that, which mm-hmm. I wish I was more like that. I wish I, I, I didn't just focus on waiting on my paycheck and just, I have to work, I have to work, I have to work all the time because there's so yeah. many things we all obviously like to do. It's that stuff that we're really programmed that way. That's the yeah. thing. It's because yeah. society that we started thinking like that, you see, social media a lot of people have the nice cars and stuff like that but you don't see what they're going through or what they had to do to get there well i feel like a part of it too is like you know we all went to high school we all graduated the same time and i feel like as what we've all experienced in the real world how fucking sheltered we were in high school up to what you know the real world was yeah and it's like a slap in the face yeah no one tells you you nothing yeah it's no one tells you anything (laughs) it wasn't (laughs) until i got my god when was it it was sometime when i was still at the bank that i i realized that you are truly alone in everything like Mm -hmm. no one has prepared you for shit your entire life i mean they they just say you're gonna you know, you're going to pass this test, then you're going to pass a couple more tests, then you're going to pass a couple more tests, then you're going to be given a piece of paper, and you're going to get a job, and then your life is going to be perfect, and then you're going to die, (laughs) (laughs) and then you're going to die, but like, it's just, the the numbers just don't make sense. Isn't it crazy that, sorry, my bad, I'm it's insane that we since we were very very young we woke up to a with an alarm clock went to school at what eight o'clock seven or eight came home. Nah, six <laughs> it's, I don't whatever even grade it was started. it was different times, yeah but we basically worked that nine to five since we started school yeah they started we, 
the same format of everything. They so brainwashed you it into early. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, necessarily we didn't have that freedom. We didn't have the, we didn't necessarily enjoy it, but we thought that, oh, this is something we have to do. Right. And then you start working. It's the same thing. They really train you early and school really is, school started for factory workers. That's what the whole training started for. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, now it's advanced to um, other jobs, <laughs> but it's still, still the same exact thing. The yeah. one thing that, work. Uh, I guess, I guess, so that system doesn't not work for what it is. You know, you go to school, you get a piece of oh, paper, yeah. and then booming. if and when you get a job, which is, which is what I'm getting at, then yeah. you'll be fine. Like if you're, if you could be happy working and you love your job, that's incredible. Like you should, you are, you are fortunate that you found something that you love to do. But like, I, I don't even know. I have no clue if I, I would like finance. I studied finance and econ. I do not know yeah. if I would like it or not because I could not get a job. I did everything right. I was really high up in high school, near top of the class-ish, very high percentile, yeah. very high GPA in college, ran a bunch of clubs, had the internships, did this, did that, and I still can't get a job in the field that I wanted. So like, mm. I, I, and that's another factor that goes into it when, I, when I'm pestering you two to quit your jobs and travel the country with me. I, like, I, I, I ask myself, do I wanna do that or should I move back to New York and try to become an investment banker, whatever it may be. But even, even with like, um, like I'll, I'll, I'm gonna let you always continue. But even with the whole, you did get that position that you wanted. For me, I have exactly that position. I'm working with exactly the type of tech. It's a corporate job, you know. So we don't know if that is the answer. You would be happy that way. Maybe you would be. Yeah. We're all different people. But yeah, that's that's the thing, though. Like individuals, yeah. we don't know. Like I have no clue what I want to do with myself. That's, I guess, the other reason I have trouble picking what steps I should be taking because I, 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 it's like, I know nothing about myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard to know what to do because you're taught one thing. This is the right answer. You're programmed. Like you said, we're, we're all programmed to do one thing, but then like it, we're pro we're basically just another piece in the puzzle for the whole country, the whole system for everything. But yep. not necessarily what we want to or what we would love to do. But you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm surprised you hadn't heard of the fire method, John. I guess John doesn't listen to the same YouTubers that we watch. Well, that too. I mean, I guess my perspective's a little different. So, like, you have a problem with being the cog. Nah. I mean, I get John, I get paid to be the cog, but I get like I don't know, like you know, maybe college is that. So like me working, I've been working for what, five years now yeah. and I'm finally at a management level and, you know, being at a management level is still, it's still just, I'm doing the same fucking shit. And I, yeah. I think my job is transmission transition more into like, I'm there because I love the customers and dealing with them and for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So but that's good. I think er- earlier in my career, I would have had way more of a problem. And I did with like what I was being told to do 
maybe I wanted to do it a different way. And in some avenues I can, but you know, at some point I'm not going to lose my fucking job over me trying to do something that I want to try. Why not? Do you, do you (laughs) like your job? So like, I like aspects of my job. Do I like my job all the way around right now? Well, nobody does. That's, that's a fair point. Nobody does. Yeah. I mean, nobody loves their job all the way around. There's aspects of it exactly. that they don't like. Um, you know, like I said before, customers are a big part of my job. That's why I come back every fucking day. You know, I love dealing with them. Um, I think numbers are a lot to do with it. Being in a manager position for me is a lot of dealing with. I don't just get to deal with, like, I'm not just an associate, so I just don't have to deal with customers all day. I get to deal with trying to make my department more money, trying to, you know, complete an inventory correctly and trying to make money. And, you know, you learn a lot being in that kind of position because you get to take a corporate directive and trying to figure out like what they want you to do. Mm -hmm. And I know me and like, the people that I've worked with, the people that have trained me, I have a a very different mindset than they do. I think about things differently. So I'm not taking, you know, a company directive, you know, I'm not taking it blindly. I'm thinking about what they would do because that's not, that's not my goal. So like I've been in at least five interviews for managers positions before. And they're, they're one fucking question that always gets me that I'm like, do I, am I really is it the same answering? company? Most of it has been the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, but there one question where I'm like, I don't know if I'm answering this honestly, because I don't even know is like, where do you want to be in five years? The world's hardest yeah. question. <laughs> like my answer, like I want to be where you are and like asking me this fucking question. But, like, do I want to be higher? Yeah, of course. But, yeah. It's just, it's hard to get there. And, you know, unless you make all the right, all the right decisions. And from what I've seen, it's really about who you know and blind luck on a situation and, like, the day that you go in for that interview. Mm-hmm. Like, blind luck on maybe who was interviewed before you. Like if someone goes in with a killer interview before you, those people interviewing you have already chosen that other person. Right. Anything that you say that may be above the rest of them, they're not going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because they've already heard the person that they want. And maybe they'll take that into account, but you're never going to be a serious choice. And working in the corporate environment, you're always expendable and i don't know if that ever really hits for anyone but like you're always fucking expendable (laughs) like absolutely anyone you can be replaced by a fucking squirrel or hamster Uh, all right i uh on on a side isn't it wild just with the three of us knowing each other so well isn't it wild that john made it to management before we did Yeah, John's I mean, well, officially that, the most qualified person on the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, but that's the thing. We uh, 
you can reach high levels of success with uh, just working. Just yeah. keep, continue to work and, you know, education isn't necessarily going to get you there. Uh, that's not the right answer. You, at the end of the day, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to put in those hours at a certain company to get there. That's Even basically that, it. Like, like for me to get the position that I have now, I had to switch companies. And that's where luck comes into it too. Like the position that I put myself into, which I thought was a good position, was not. Mm, and true. like, I think one of the interesting things is like when you look at company reviews, most of them are negative because it's people leaving the company. So like the company that I left prior to where I am now, I would have bad reviews about that company because of the way I left. You never usually leave a company on good terms, like yeah. really, really good terms. You put in your two weeks, you'll do all your stuff just so maybe in case that you might get a job later, you'll put in your two weeks, leave on good terms, but you never like, you never usually leave on very good terms. Oh, yeah. You're like, I really just got a better position. <laughs> get this job. But like, there's never usually that. So like you, you look guys. at these company <laughs> reviews and like most of them are negative and yeah. like anyone can say that about any job that they've ever left. Like the job that I left, have they treated me well most of the time? Absolutely. And what it really comes down to is the people that you work with. So would you be happily doing what you're doing for the next 40 years? So, I mean, my steps up now are, if I would be happy, yes. If you follow those steps. The, it would also be dependent on the people that I work for. Because mm. at a certain point, unless you're a, like, I guess more so I'm in it for the paycheck, not necessarily for who I work for, like you guys are. But like, unless I'm a CEO of a fucking company, I'm not going to be content. But as long as, like, at a certain point in my life, if I make a certain amount of money, I guess I'll be comfortable. And then... So it comes down I, to personal aspirations. Yeah. That, and, like, if at a certain point, if I'm very happy with the person I'm working for, <clears throat> at a high enough, you know, salary, a couple dollars extra an hour... Is that going to, am I going to risk being sane for a couple more thousand dollars a year to go to another company where I might potentially lose my fucking mind? I guess. Yeah. So that's a good point though. It, it, it revolves around the person and what they strive to be. Cause like comfortability, it, like I'm comfortable now. Like I could, yeah. I'd be fine. If I wanted to be comfortable, I could do this forever and fuck off in Hawaii until the end of time. But it's just an, it's an aspirations game. I mean, yeah, people just think differently, yeah? John, you have a pretty sick tattoos, by the way. Thank you. Talking about John that. getting into management. <laughs> <laughs> they don't yeah. discriminate now. True. Yeah, there you go. No, what, what, do you, what do you have now? Tattoo-wise? Yeah. I've gotten both my arms. Is that a Pokemon? Oh, you got Pokemon's on it? Got oh, yeah. I got, yeah. I've gotten all those. Yes. I got one on my back, one on my calf. What goes into your decisions of, like, 
There is none. Oh. There's no thought. On there's my no, tattoos? There's no mm-hmm. thought whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a lot of thought on the placement. <laughs> okay. But the thought on tattoos, so like Pokemon, it's, I guess it's like a tie to my childhood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, other tattoos, like when it, me and Nick were in Ireland last time, I got three tattoos. Um, a lot of my tattoos are sadly weeaboo-like. They're uh, anime linked. Mm. So like the ones on my fingers are Kira, which is from uh, Death Note. And then I have Saitama on my thigh from One Man Punch or One Punch Man. Whichever one is, they're the same. (laughs) You're going to get a lot of hate for that. (laughs) But like most of my, like most of my tattoos are, you know, anime based. Things I love. Like this is the only one that has significant meaning to me is that one what is that we're not gonna get into that now that was just like (laughs) these are bad choices i've made that i survived Mm -hmm. that one have you any uh tattoos that you regret or is everyone uh one of them um you're still happy with i only have one i regret and it's i wanted to join the freemasons i still want to but i didn't know like how strict they were with everything what's freemasons so the freemasons are like they're just they're like in the mainstream they're like a secret society but okay at the, like you know like you always see like obama um you know bush they're all part of it it's like a whole it's like i think part of the illuminati is what they think mm-hmm. um but at like my level it's just like they just do stuff for the community and it's like it's really not being very different than like joining a church or something mm. but like this is the symbol that they use right there okay i'm not it, supposed to have this so is that a actual um the freemasons is that an actual thing cuz we don't know if the illuminati is real but so the illuminati conversation for is hearsay at this point <laughs> Yeah, the, Free, the Freemasons absolutely do exist. They have Nick knows they have a temple near his house. They have okay. temples everywhere, you know, in every city, and they're a very good organization. You know, they do stuff for the community. They do community stuff. A lot of that. Um, do they pay well? Do they pay well? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think at the very core of it, it's in a very rudimentary, like a rudimentary sense they're like the boy scouts in a way like for adults they've just like they're a very close-knit kind of group that you know they got each other's back if anyone needs help they've you know they've got each other you know sounds like a cult sounds like a cult it all sounds like a cult really if you want to talk about religion we can (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) so on the yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe the that is the ultimate answer to happiness. Joining a cult, thirty. No, I mean, yeah, some sort of organization that you know you're always surrounded by a community. Not necessarily has to be a cult, or doesn't have to be a cult, but a community. Surrounded by people who love you and share your interests sounds so simple. No, yeah. those are two different things. You're a cult leader at that point. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, above yeah. it all. Maybe we should just start a cult then. 
this our uh, 29 uh, subscribers. we'll take we'll take this one we'll take this one off the call actually we'll talk about this later um think of all my other ones i mean i think people have given me the most shit about my pokemon tattoos undoubtedly They're like hey really? what are you gonna be like when you're 70 years old and you have all shit, man when you have these Pokemon tattoos, and I'm like, I'm gonna teach these whippersnappers how to fucking play Pokemon. <laughs> in the immortal words of Pokemon cards, <laughs> in the immortal words of uh, Daniel Tosh, I think it was Daniel Tosh who was like, "People with tattoos like that don't really live that long. You never get advice from the wise man with the snake coiled around his neck." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if John's gonna make it to an old man status with the with the Pokemon tattoos up his arm. I gotta work that. Hopefully next time we talk, I'll be fucking covered. Yeah. Better do you think you'd there. ever do that? Actually, have tattoos on your face or any like thing on your neck? I don't think I would ever go to my face, but I have seriously thought about tattoos on my neck. Hmm. So what is a so the everybody says that you don't just get one tattoo, you know. Every if you get a tattoo, you're gonna have multiple tattoos. I mean, what is it about tattoos? Both of you do not have tattoos, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So for me, I mean, it's self-expression in a way. It's like you ever like you buy something that you really love, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna display this in my house, so mm-hmm. everyone that comes and visits me in my house can see. Hmm. that's like me with my body is that I can bring that anywhere I want and I get to look at it and you know is it perfect every time like are some of my tattoos fucked up yeah they are but that's part of you know what they are <clears throat> so it's yeah. it's really I mean in the very hipster sense it's very self-expression you know that's what it is that's what do you hate your mother <laughs> I don't. Have you been good to your mother? I uh, I don't. Like you can't be a spy now. You know, identifiable. No, like you in see? my sense, well, identify if people. If I was good at my job, I could be a fucking spy. <laughs> I don't know. Because anyway. people wouldn't they want? Wouldn't they want somebody know. with tattoos? Because then you wouldn't think that they're a spy. No. You know that they you, also have like. Have you seen how many like ads on Facebook that I specifically get for like temporary tattoos? I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like tattoos that last for like two weeks. You can just buy what is this them. child play? <laughs> you literally, it's like getting like um, one of those tattoos that you would as a kid where you just rub water on it. It's the same fucking thing. But they last. they last two weeks. I never liked so, those. So do you not and think it, that, uh, like, the amount of tattoos that you have right now are enough? Like, what makes you just want more, basically? He has more feelings to express. Well, I have more skin. Mm. Is that is that all it is? You just, you can show, you have more uh, real estate to show, uh, express yourself? But also, I mean, some go people, ahead. Go ahead. some people like the pain of it, so... Some of the tattoos really? are very painful to get. Some people come back for the pain. Is that That's part of it? You know, I, I guess it's kind of part of it. Is that over other people, not that like most people could get a tattoo, but some of the tattoos really fucking hurt to get. And it's like some of it is 
I could withstand the pain that other people couldn't to get this tattoo. Mm. So I think that's a little bit a part of it, you know, other than like some people are literally addicted to getting tattoos. I think some, yeah. like you see like, you know, Guinness world records, most piercings and most tattoos and, you know, people are literally covered in tattoos. Would that's I ever a, get a tattoo on my face? Yeah. Probably not. That's a, that's a pretty good business idea is making a uh, legitimate tattoos that will wear off after a while. I think those are already things. I think those are a constantly thing. Keep coming back to you. Well, you get like two weeks. What I need is like a longer term one, like one that'll last for, I don't even know how the fuck you would do that. One that lasts for like a year or something like that. Yeah. I think there are like temporary tattoos that you can go get. It's the same process and they last a couple months. I believe that is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good business model because then they constantly have to keep coming back to you and it's not, nobody has to think uh, too hard about getting it. Yeah. That too. And like, the tattoo artists that I go to for most of my stuff. So like, as Nick knows, like when I go to places, usually like away from where I live, I like to get tattoos just to like, remember that place. I pay for most of them. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, you know, it's a way of like supporting businesses in that way. And like, yeah. Our local artists and like people don't think about it when they think of tattoos, like, People pay thousands of dollars for their tattoos. I have thousands of dollars of work on my body right now. But, mm. like, that's supporting people who are, in your sense, making their own. They're doing what they love and charging yeah. people money for it. Like, that's not, like, tattoo artists, in a real sense, it's, it's a very, like, niche thing. Not everyone has tattoos. And if they do, it's only, like, you know, a little one. Yeah, it's people no. doing what they love and charging money for it and they're making a living off it. So it's, it's Yeah, cool they're doing what they love. Yeah. I considered getting one because just for living in Hawaii for when I leave, I thought about getting one. But I never really loved the ideas of having the tattoo and having it I don't know. I just I never liked the idea. So I actually I found some statues that I'm gonna get. There's some local artists just because you said supporting local artists, there's some artists who lives uh North Shore kind of area who makes these really cool statues of like Polynesian dancers. I think I'm going to buy one. It's not that expensive. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's like this big. That's what is cool. it a statue of? Oh, like a, like a, I guess like a hula dancer type of thing. Let me see if I can find mm. you the photo of this person's <coughs> work. But do you know when you're going to leave it? Like what is your plan for? Um, ask like, COVID if I'm going to have a job in a couple months. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to I mean, uh, Oh, wow. What is it made out of? Copper or bronze, bronze. Mm. Yeah, the artist. Do is really they cool. do? Do they do requests? Like, what do you mean? Like, do they just make their own stuff and then sell it, or they take requests and then? No, this is an artist. He makes his own stuff and then that gets sold. Um, Speaking of sculptures, oh. you got a little bobblehead of Thor. Thor. Yeah. Yeah, pop boy. Yeah. Pop boy. They make pop bobbleheads. I'll be right back. Uh, it's a, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funko Pop. Funko Pop? Yeah. They all do that? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. But some of them do. That's pretty cool. It's actually one of those things that I was supposed to resell. It's a collectible thing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you know what you need to get into? 
uh, Pokemon cards. Yeah. Are they still making new Pokemons? Like, new cards and stuff like that? Yeah, like, every month. Really? No, I'm serious. And does that... Every, every single, like, when new games comes out, like, when Sun and Moon came out, which is the newest mm-hmm. game. Okay. No, there's one after that. Like, when the newest Pokemon game came out, there's still sets for that game coming out. Mm-hmm. So, like, months up to years after the one game comes out, they're releasing new sets. And if you go, like, straight from, like, Korea, Japan, China, they're the, like, that's where it all originates. So, like, they come out weeks to months in advance of what an American set would come out to. Mm-hmm. So is it more expensive here then? Or is it like still a same so price? It, like, so a booster box, which is, I think, usually 36 packs in American set. Um, I think last time I tried to, like, I questioned about one. It's like $100-ish. 100 130 maybe for a whole booster box of American. And it's like... Mm. What are we talking about? The last time oh, I cards. bought one, mm. I bought like a 2015. It was like three years later. It was like $20. So like, do you... Um, do they increase in value over time? Like so some people. Flip? The packs themselves would have to be kept for years. If they were sealed... The cards are going to change with the meta of the game. So if you pulled cards, like I have cards in my collection right now that are worth, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 dollars. But if I had a sealed booster pack, like the base set first edition that they have go for hundreds of dollars just because it's the first set that was ever made. And it's the first edition, which is, mm-hmm. like, extra special. But, like, stuff like that, like, you know, stuff like that just sells for more because it's rare. Yeah. And then, like, sealed on its in itself sells for more anyways. So sealed just means that no one tampered with it because there's, there's a way to weigh the packs. You can weigh every, like every pack. And if it weighs more, that means there's a better card in there. Okay. I always tell John, I always tell John all the time. I'm like, if you put half as much like brain power (laughs) into the stock market as you do into like Pokemon cards and just like the world of Pokemon, you would be so wealthy. But I just just think it's so funny because it's a huge like people have different drivers because like me and you Tala we do we talk about finance loans budgets investing real estate all the time that's all we talk about and then me and John do not it's just so funny because like those are the things that keep us going and Mm -hmm. then me and John you know we have our things and it's so different it's it's insane um where people like yeah. The whole uh, Pokemon thing, that's a really good hustle, though. A lot of people make really good money from trading, that kind of stuff. That's a community right there. I think people yeah. like people look over niche markets, and I understand that like there's less money overall to be made in there. But like if you have any you know, 
hold of the market in a niche market, mm-hmm. you're still making money. Oh, yeah. And if it's and something it's, you like, yeah, yeah. you're happy. You put more effort into it, more interest and stuff like that. But I mean, with the whole financing, I, it's really enjoyable. Overall, the more you learn about it, it's, it's really cool. It's exciting because, I mean, I find it exciting because it, not only is it like, it's suspenseful and it's, you know, it's, it, it's like a game. It's like gambling. It's playing the lottery, basically. But you can, in fact, make Bitcoin something then. of it. Yeah, Bitcoin, exactly. You can make something of it. Uh, have you guys seen the people on TikTok playing that game with the cryptocurrency gambling where you put in a bunch of money and it just like tick, tick, ticks, 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 and they sell it before it drops? It's, it's illegal in the U.S. I forget. I think it's called Crash or something. It's illegal in the U.S. from what I was told or from what my research found. I just wasn't able to find it, and that's why, I, I think. But um, <laughs> it looks super cool. And I was like, when I saw a couple of people doing it on TikTok, I'm like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to lose so much money, but it's going to be so fun. With actual cryptocurrency? No, like, no. It's it's literally it's this game. I was like, I want to uh, play this game. I have to find a video for you later. Um, yeah. So, uh, Tyler, you're making a YouTube channel. <laughs> what's your what's yeah. your channel called? Uh, it will don't have a name yet. Um, but it's obviously going to be around the whole what's it like to be a software engineer, all the things that they don't tell you when you're going from school to corporate. Cause that's one thing that hit me, you know, you mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then just yeah. a lot of finance stuff, but I don't know. I haven't found a name for it. I was supposed to shoot my first video yesterday, which obviously went pretty poorly because, um, my, hopefully when I have my channel, my viewers don't see this, but I'll be shooting on my phone. Um, but yeah, when dude freaking, so I, I can shoot 4k videos on my phone, but man, that takes up space. I bet. Oh, yeah. Space on my thing went. That's the one thing we on. fucking know is how much space video takes up. Absolutely wild. Insane amount. It's insane. Yeah. When we're so editing, I mean, we pass shit back and forth. They're like gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes, and it takes so long. It's such a pain in the ass. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I think like the best way to do it either I get some really good cloud storage where I just back everything up on there. Uh, I'm thinking about just getting an SSD, just having you know, some external memory where I keep yeah. storing everything. Well, it takes I time. everything off my phone. But like, I think I was looking at like one, one, two terabyte like memory cards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like anywhere from like a hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. Card. No, but the, then the I don't think um, we would need that much memory because uh, you'll. You'll post a podcast. I'll post a YouTube channel. After that, the footage is well, trash. It's not, it. it's not necessarily like, well, the trashing is part of we it. We like it for our records, though. It'll be good to look back wa- on. If you ever wanted to keep your stuff, it's yeah. very hard to, you know, if you had like a 500 gigabyte, that's going to go up. You know, if you're running an active channel, that's going to be gone. Oh, yeah. I don't know, maybe a month, maybe. Yeah, because you're you have a lot of videos going on that you didn't post yet, or yeah. you just have footage that you haven't edited yet. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a very good point, actually. I was thinking yeah, about I mean, making a channel, kind of a day the whole, in the lifey. Yeah, I mean, the whole reason is I was enjoying it. I was enjoying recording yesterday. Just it's fun. You're making your own little film and something like that. So it's the whole aspect yeah. of um making a business out of what you love, and the it's powerful financially and just uh you know in a lot of ways to have an audience 
a lot of people make a lot of money because they formed an audience and it doesn't have to be a huge audience and there's so many different ways to do it so like just creating an audience and being able to reach out to people it can lead to a lot of opportunities yeah but at the end of the day you know doing it's enjoyable i think everybody would enjoy making movies and kind of like we're just talking it's fun i told my brother to do it yeah. i think yeah. i think he should yeah start young yeah that's the advice man don't uh start working right away explore your <laughs> make a youtube channel but yeah i mean so many people make youtube channels that the market is super saturated but so many people watch uh yeah. videos like how many views did you guys get on your first uh podcast no idea our first hundred maybe a couple hundred i don't know it was i think around like 200 250 yeah, but, like, isn't that crazy? Like, you guys didn't put any effort into um, advertising it. Or I think you guys let know, like, you guys had family I and friends it out. know that, yeah, you, yeah, it was you like, did that. I, I posted it on Facebook. I think he posted it on Instagram and Snapchat. Okay. So do you think that's how you got the views? Or is it just because YouTube is a, so uh, I think an audience a and it was found? Part of it, too, being on the back end of it is being able to see people's watch time. I don't know if Nick pays attention. Like, so seeing people's watch time is accompanied to like seeing your views. Doing analytics. So, yeah, doing your analytics. So, like, you could have a thousand people watch your video. And if your video is like an hour long, but you only have a thousand minutes of watch time, means a thousand people only got one minute into your video. Yeah. So, like, watching our analytics, you know, you're able to see the same kind of things. So, you know. So. I think I think you on YouTube, I could be wrong. I remember hearing this somewhere where, like, you're cons- it's considerate of you if you watch for only, like, two minutes. Something like that. It's, like it's, something, yeah. stupid. it's something stupid. It's something stupid. Because, like, this is, like, a three-hour podcast at this point. <laughs> Someone listens to two minutes of it, I get a view, which is, I mean, that's great for us. But it's, yeah. it's just silly. But then wouldn't they also have to watch the advertisements that are sprinkled out throughout the uh, YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Not, I've yeah. heard so much. Like, I know their ad rates and stuff. We don't have ads. Get, you know. Yeah, I think you need, like, like, a lot of uh, hours of, like, 10,000 hours of watch time before you can start monetizing. Just to get monetization. But, like, their ad rates, once they get it, are anywhere from, like, one cents to, like, 10 cents, really. Yeah. Yeah. But like, finance channels they have very good ad rates yeah but People like have. i don't know if that's depending on you know if you click on their ad do you get paid do you just watch their ad do you get paid? i think it's just watch it. Yeah. it like even if you don't like if you hit skip ad do you still get paid for that ad i think so oh, yeah. that's a good question i don't know because they're, they're still paying you to have that on your video. Yeah, for the space. Yeah, still at least, up space. What's like the minimum time for that? It's like, what, five seconds before you can skip the ad? I think yeah. it's between five. I think it's five. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, whatever. but even just having that, it's it's still an ad. You still. It's still enough. Are you? How serious are you guys about the podcast? Like, it's fun. It's just, we like doing it. Um, we, we like talking to the everyday people that's what we're here for we got you you're a <laughs> seattle person we have someone from hawaii uh people yeah. are cool that's what, like everyone likes the big podcast they're interviewing famous people every day regular people are way more interesting mm-hmm. yeah more but relatable i think people don't like realize that though is that like well everyone wants to know what elon musk has to say but 
you course. can't really you can't really fucking do anything with his information. Elon Musk says, "Yep, we're building these implants that go in your brain, and in ten years you'll be AI." And like, okay, what do you do? I do with that. But when I get some fucking crazy person screaming about racism, it's way more amusing. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of podcasts. Do you even need guests? Like, if we just every day research a topic the day before and then just talk about our opinions about it, people would find that interesting. That's what, those assholes, that's what those did, assholes on YouTube do. They talk about the did, same shit every day. Sorry, go ahead, buddy. Did, no. <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't have guests and you're just starting on a podcast, you're like you're relying on natural growth, which is based on a bunch of other factors. Me and John aren't but that appealing. <laughs> we're pretty cute, but, you know. <laughs> and nobody really... Nobody gives a crap about us, really. You know, where I, yeah. why would they care about us? That's why I think, yeah, you're right. Like we're in it for the fun, out, baby. Most fun. big podcasts that are either starting out or are big right now either had a following before or people who knew, the, like, knew who they were before they yeah. started the podcast. But, you know, it's yeah. not like that people that are starting out right now that don't have anyone aren't going to make it it's just it it is naturally harder to make it in the industry because of this. yeah you have and a lot of people, people do it yeah there is it's a very saturated market because of that but you know Absolutely. there's people willing to pay like on youtube you know your one stream of monetization is through youtube but you also have the sponsors and that can go through other platforms as well. So, you know, there's other ways to make your money from that. Yeah. yeah. There's also donations with podcasts, which I yeah. don't really fully that's, understand. That's really, I mean, as far as I understand, donations are through Patreon. If you have mm-hmm. one or if you live stream a podcast. What about from the podcast app? Like, um, like the ones that or Apple already has installed and stuff. Yeah, like you that. can you can monetize through those. It's just an option. Okay. You basically just turn it on. Yeah. You just have donations turned on. Oh, donations. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Or, I have no idea. Or okay, okay. Cool. Donations. I'll put my my I'll put my Venmo in the uh, description. Everyone can donate. To <laughs> fucking, you can donate to that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. Yeah, you just build a following. People get used to your face and liking the things you say. Uh, like, we listen to Tala. Sorry, I know I'm out of the fucking frame right now. We listen to those couple of finance guys regularly, right? I don't know if you subscribe yeah. to them. I refuse to. But Why? why, why because they, if you've ever watched, like, if you watch their last six episodes, I promise you, the, it all repeats. They, they just, like, the they don't come show. up with anything new. Like they yeah. each just like talk okay. about, they'll talk about credit cards and they'll talk about how you should churn credit cards for rewards. And then the next like three episodes later, it's going to be another credit card episode about how you can churn rewards and the new type of credit card. And then they talk about real estate and they just talk about the process so many times over and over again. I've stopped learning new information from all of them. From like, them yeah. Every once in a while, they'll accidentally like slip with like one of their secrets or things that they keep for their, their courses that they're constantly just shoving down your throat. But like, 
it's never new information. It's all stuff that like you can, once you've watched like 10 of their episodes, you've seen everything they're ever going to say. Yeah. But that, people I was just actually, like that. Yeah. I was actually just checking right now if I was subscribed to uh, Graham Stephan because yeah, you're right. Absolutely the same thing. I've at this point, I think like uh, he's really good for beginners and stuff like that. And people do enjoy watching. Sometimes I enjoy watching his videos just because I enjoy listening to him. Yeah. But the information isn't really valuable anymore at this I, point. I was um, I was going through his channel the other day just because you brought him up by name. And like I was watching some of his most recent episodes. And then I flipped to the sort and I watched like his three very first episodes. Literally word for word, almost the exact same content. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, yeah. didn't change a bit. The only thing yeah. is he had a better camera recording him in the newer ones. Mm. But the, I mean, there are some finance ones who aren't as entertaining but they have a lot more knowledge and things like that. But I think some people get I've really granular. Into, yeah. yeah. I think like the more I've gotten into YouTube, like at this point, I really like YouTube is just something I'm super interested in just like watching them and stuff like that. And like yeah. now I actually, you know, give them likes and stuff like that, you know, cause I get values out of it. And I actually put a lot of time watching it. It's, it's, that's entertainment for a lot of people. A lot of people don't have cable anymore. Some people don't want to pay for streaming services. Sometimes people just have YouTube. So yeah, yeah, definitely you can you can definitely hook that market of people. Um, but yeah, God, what yeah, is this, this is, show? What is this show, bro? This what, what is our show about? <laughs> Dude, young professionals starting their life don't know what the heck they're doing. Like, Say it, baby. But that's the thing. I wonder if there's a lot of people out there. But you know, people want to see their journey. You, they would want to see our journey. You know, they. I'm sure a lot of people can connect to us. That's right. They like listening to uh, what we're going through. Follow all of our social media. Follow all of our channels. Link, link is down below. Link Subscribe. in the description Hit down below. Button. If you don't click like it, it click give it. it a thumbs down. Click it or ticket, baby. Click it or ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the show's new logo. Zone merch. <laughs> the merch. Do you guys think? You know how we talked about earlier how like we're, the country is kind of stuck in this flow where we all have to go work until we die. And it'd be really hard to change it. Do you think there's any type of event that could happen that would, that would like cause a catalyst that would act as the catalyst to change that type of thing? Like, like aliens or Elon Musk turning us all into like AI. Like, do you think it would be an age based disease, an age based disease? Yeah. Just like something crazy that happens where like, I don't know. We don't need jobs anymore. It just seems silly. It's like oh, it's something that like kills off someone above a certain age. You mean like coronavirus? <laughs> I know. But um, I mean, not really exactly what you're saying. But eventually, we will be getting like kind of um, who's that one guy that was running for president? The Asian tech guy. Yes, uh, Andrew Yang. Andrew yeah. Yang, Yang Gang, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what he was saying with the whole stimulus checks, um, that is something that we should be expecting in the future because robots are taking over jobs, all the manual jobs, like you don't need humans for that. I'm sure Amazon is as a company they're um, they're dealing with people right now, but I'm sure they're putting a lot of money into automating all their warehouses and stuff like that. So like, I mean, yeah, eventually even programmers as a software engineer, once programs can write programs, oof. Uh, we're all useless and yeah. at that point we should be all expecting uh stimulus checks but that's gotta be a, a weird world 
if we're all getting money and have time to everybody has time to do whatever that's a what would life be like (laughs) that's a really weird world i'm trying Um, to think what would i want to do with myself what do you think (laughs) joe rogan does when he's not filming a podcast like what does he do what do people what do famous people do do you not do you not listen to his podcast he has a fucking shooting range True, he does some wild shit. <laughs> he really does. But dude, how cool it is is it that like this guy puts in these guys that have their own businesses and their gigs, they wake up, they work for four hours, they work for five hours, they do their thing, they put it out there and then they have the whole day to do whatever. Yeah, but a lot I, a lot of them I have don't built think themselves. Like that, though. A lot of well a lot of them have built themselves over time. Like he, he, I, I, I have watched some of his podcasts and he talked about like when he worked in fear factor, I was like a full-time yeah. job. And so, but over time, I'm sure it definitely gets, it gets easier. Work becomes less. I can't, I can't imagine yeah. it's like a one split fucking job. Like even if you owned your own business, I understand how like convenient that would be, but it can't be like 10 hours or like even four hours together. Mm. It would be like, you know, one hour here, maybe two hours here, and then yeah. another hour there. You do whatever you want, whenever. You well, could, I mean, you, you can could pay still... people to make that schedule for you. But yeah, at that point, you're at the liberty to do what you want. Yeah. I also think that, like, if I had my own thing, my own business, I would not care to work all day on it if, if I'm enjoying it. When How you're enjoying success- it. How successful do you have to be to not run your own business? What do you mean? Say that again. Like so, how successful do you have to be to have a business, but then not actually take part in doing all the operations? Depends on the yeah, business. Like how, how successful do you have to be? Like at what point did, you know, Elon Musk not have to be in his day-to-day business? Once you it. hire enough people you trust, I guess. Um, I guess like when. It, but even. Yeah, go ahead. What's up? Uh, even Elon Musk is like, his days are like, twelve-hour days. The second he wakes up to the second he goes to sleep. Because doesn't he also have like two or three businesses? He has a lot going. He has on. a lot of yeah. businesses, yeah. And they're all in the growing phase. <sighs> Tesla is not something that's cruising by. Yeah, yeah, like people in those positions, they're 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 strategy, they're they're strategists. They they make plans all day. They might not be, you know, doing analyses or literally strapping together rockets, but they're in meetings all days, all day with different groups and people, uh, talking about what direction they want their business to go in, and to make sure that everything that they do is following the vision that they saw when they started the company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you could be Often a trust fund baby companies. like like Bruce Wayne. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got all the money and time. Do whatever you want. Enjoy I'd be life. Batman. Undoubtedly. That'd be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How often do businesses change their business model as they start? I'm sure they have to adapt like crazy, though. Like you don't do the same thing that you thought that your business was going to do. I'm I'm assuming it evolves over time. You, you watch, you know, you watch trends, you see where the economy is going and you make adjustments. But you know, that's my company, the, the company that I work for has changed three times. Since when? Like in what time? And that frame? was like, I think it was like 
they changed first. They started like the early 1900s and then 1970, they changed and then the early 2000s. Damn. And that was like, you know. It does it, but does that correspond? Does that correspond with the changing of CEOs? Because that's the job of the CEO is to define the strategy of the company moving forward. No. So with the, with their change in business in like, you know, name brand kind of things, mm-hmm. um, they changed with the clientele. Okay. So like more people were looking for such a thing and their old business model couldn't support that. So they had to update everything to support that new business model that could get the, you know, get the customer what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And that, okay. would, that, that changed the whole business. So, you know, maybe you supply, you start out as, I don't know, a fucking wholesaler, you know, you just supply people stuff and then you start your own store and then you turn into like, I don't know, Macy's growth. Supply some, you know, you're growing all the fucking time. It's the same thing. But it then, like, I guess, you know, minimizing everything. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Business and uh, the dashes that they have lost. to go through. Business. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Business? Are we talking um, about business? GG guys, we made it. G-G. We're like three hours deep right now, dude. Really? Kind yeah, actually, yeah, three hours deep. I could talk all day. Yeah, I feel bad for you guys. You guys gotta edit this crap. I'll edit it. <laughs> I, yeah, we we have to edit it. I oh, have to. I have to edit it. Throw shade at me. It's good practice for my YouTube channel. Hashtag follow Nick at Nicholas Alexander. Do that. Did you make your channel yet? Is it the same channel as uh, this? No. Different channel. It'll be associated. He's gonna have to make it before this comes out. Uh, no, the the, <laughs> yeah. the channel. The channel's there. It's just empty. You can follow it right now. Um, but yeah, I haven't even done that part. One. I just did it just to have my name to show it's not taken. I guess. I gotta come up with a name for mine. I I already think I'm gonna go by Mo. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked a lot, a lot of shit. Um, I still don't really know what this podcast is about. But uh, Tala, thanks for meeting with us, buddy. I'm glad we got to talk to you. Uh, of course. Everybody listening, if you've made it this far, follow Tala's YouTube channel. You'll find him. Once he comes up with a name for it, we'll start pimping it out in some of the descriptions and we'll post about it. Because uh, cause he's, our, he's our good old buddy Tala. So thanks for coming, man. Of course. I'll be on uh, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.